Welcome to another edition of Trucking with Pro Miles. Tony, it's been so long I had to look down and reread the name of our podcast. It's been a while. How you been? Catch everybody up on Tony Strongjack and Pro Miles. It's been going okay, buddy. Doing all right. It's been a been a fun year this year. Uh, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of accomplishments. So a lot's been going on. I mean, Pro Miles in general, uh, we just keep growing, man. We've uh, just launched Nevada uh, out there, and we've got uh, Washington that's going to be launched next. And I think we've got Alaska. We've got uh, a bunch of other Wyoming. Now you better be uh, careful. Kentucky. You're going to get in trouble. Uh, yeah, probably <laughs> with so. Your sister. There's a lot of them. <laughs> so with a lot of uh, with a lot of the uh, of a lot of the j- state jurisdictions finally getting some funding from the federal government uh, has helped us a lot this last year. I think we got five in development right now and four RFPs that we've won. So it's, it's been uh, been a lot of work. Yeah, I try not to name states anymore because I get in trouble with the other side of your family or more notably Danny Wells. But what I can say out loud is uh, with all of the states that are in the works, and we're talking about ProMile's famous permitting software, uh, what I can tell folks is within about a year from now when we've gotten – all three, four, five, or six of those new states fully up and running and transitioning, uh, ProMiles will have its software exclusively in 23 out of the 50 states, and ProMiles will be processing approximately 55% of all permits uh, issued in the United States. And as I've, I've always said before, that's just an incredible uh, market share. So kudos, uh, especially to your, your sisters and your, your brother-in-law. Yeah, those, they, they definitely work very hard. And, uh, I'll tell you, it's, you know, each state is unique. Um, not every state, you know, it's not like we're just cookie cutter and something. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we have a state system up the next day. It's not that easy. Uh, in this whole venture, we, uh, actually came out with a whole nother permitting system, um, probably about a year ago and started implementing that with the jurisdictions coming on board and then going back to other jurisdictions and upgrading them. It's been a lot of work. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, you know, compliance pieces there. There's been a lot of technology enhancements and security and all other kinds of things that we've had to implement in these states. But the cool challenge was me and my partner, Tim, you know, said many years ago, it'd be really cool, you know, if we could do about 20% of all the permits out there, <laughs> that would be really cool. Never once did we think we'd be over 50, which we are now. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, that part of our business has grown so much and it's all because the jurisdictions have realized, you know, we can automate a lot of this stuff. Uh, we can take, you know, good data and trust it and, and self issue, you know, sometimes up to upper 90%, 98% in some jurisdictions on their permits. Uh, it's amazing. And they didn't do that back in 2003 when we got started, nobody was truly automating anything. So it, it's been a lot of work. It's been fun, but we still have a lot to do. Uh, there's still a lot of states that need better systems. Uh, there are still states that uh, you know built systems years ago and and hadn't had the money to rebuild them yet. But they're going to come, and uh, we're going to capture more. But I don't think Stephen anybody has ever had this majority of the jurisdictions at one time. Oh, I, really I, don't. I guarantee you. I mean, you're talking to the guy that's <laughs> been anal about this topic for probably 25 years. And uh, uh, when I first came on the scene with Illinois DOT, there were two companies 
that together had about mm, 13, 14 states. All the rest of them were almost like the wild, wild west. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, I yeah. If you just counted those states that had systems at the time, uh, one of our competitors at that time probably had about 50, 60, 70 percent. But again, we were only talking about 13 states at that time. And when I talk about today's world and ProMiles soon to have a 55 percent market share, I'm taking all 50 states, including those six or seven states that still don't have a, uh, an, an automated system yet. So. Yeah, it, it's a first. I can't believe I can't believe those other states don't have anything yet. I mean, there's just two. Uh, actually, there's just two or three now that literally uh, have their folks, customers, still calling in or faxing in only. Uh, Vermont being one. Um, uh, stay tuned there. Uh, that's all I better say about that. Um, but of the remaining six or seven states that that aren't automated, and again, it's controversial, but. I've always used automated in the context of a trucking company or a permit service, <clears throat> 24 hours a day, seven days a week, can apply for a permit through a state up to certain dimensions and weight. And if the route works, receive that permit within seconds without any human intervention on the part of the state side. And when we, and when we define it that way, Tony, there are now probably only about seven or eight states that uh, still have to have a human being at least eyeball every single permit application. Even though, even though behind the scenes the state is automatically analyzing it at all, um, they still have an eyeball, a human eyeball on it before it, it pushes out. And that's that's continues to be an issue for some, for many in the industry. Um, you may be going through five states, um, four of them are auto issue, but if that fifth one is not, and it's a weekend approaching or a holiday, um, you're going to sit and wait for a while. And then maybe have to go back and reapply for the other permits because yeah. you didn't actually, uh, right. You, you couldn't wait for the time to come. Let me ask you something else, Stephen. Well, all this permitting stuff that's going on, one of the other challenges that we've had over this last year was taking a lot of the data that we received from jurisdictions that we received from the, the federal bridge database. And as we took together, cause I mean, we, you know, Tim got crazy one day and said, you know, we can route normal trucks. How about routing a great big oversized over dimensional load across this whole country. And when he said that, I said, well, Tim, we're not even done routing the normal ones. How in the hell are we going to route these guys? And he's like, I can get the data from the jurisdictions. He says, and we can get that data, we incorporate it. And he had this big plan and we spent about a year on it. And then we put it out to a couple of carriers and folks to look at it. And they came back with saying, well, this doesn't match. Well, this doesn't match. And this isn't right. And this isn't right. I'm like, what the hell? What did we do? I thought we had all this great data. Well, guess what? <laughs> uh, the data is not the same from everybody. Uh, some of them would put a little fudge in there. Some don't. Some <laughs> yeah gives you heights based on one thing and the other one gives you heights based on another. And so, oh my gosh, did we learn how inconsistent mm. all the states are with things? And oh my gosh, uh, thank goodness we didn't use this system to start really routing big trucks or we would have been in trouble, you know? So now our GIS team has worked diligently over the last year 
you know, going to these state jurisdictions, pulling information, validating data, you know, comparing it to other sources, because, you know, states that we helped build and we helped manage and we helped facilitate the need for this, that's one thing. But there's so many states that we don't touch. And those are the ones that have become the challenges. But even with those challenges, we're getting there, Stephen. We're getting there. That last map I saw, we've got most of this country covered now. But there's still some holes. There's still mm-hmm. some places that we're working on to validate this data because, again, nobody's done it. And trying to connect all the states so you can put in origin, a destination, origin, say, in Florida. Let's say we're going to go to Washington, you know, or we're going to go to California. And you can put your dimensions, click a button, and I'll route you across the whole country. The hope is, is to make sure that data is as accurate as the information has come from the jurisdiction or at least matches as close as we can. And if it can, now quoting things, rating things, estimating things, all the stuff that we talked for the last four or five years to get to, all the cool stuff, we're about to get to. We're about to really make this shit happen. I'm excited. That's what's been kicking our butt, building all these new state systems. We've never had this many systems at one time ever. You know, we've never had this many RFPs at one time on top of it. You know, it's a little scary. It's a lot of work. But... We're getting somewhere. Yeah, I'm smiling and maybe even crying a little bit at the same time because, <clears throat> ironically, this whole topic you're talking about of the state's data being inconsistent and harmonization and lack of this or that from one state to another um, actually uh, was a lifelong passion of uh, Mr. Jay Falidori, who we're going to be honoring later today um, in, in our interview. Um, I was oftentimes in my years at SCNRA the face of, you know, not battling the states, but working with the states on harmonization. But uh, Mr. Faladeri, who we'll talk about in a minute, um, was the brains behind the operation. Um, he was a leader at SCNRA, and he was the gentleman. Every time we we're at a conference or in discussions with states or Ashto or bridge engineers, uh, Jay was Jay was our leader. Um, so it's ironic that you're making those comments today as we honor the man that I think more than anybody else is, is responsible for the, the harmonization successes that we have seen. But to your point, I think you were teeing it up for me to plug um, your baby, which is the permit manager. And uh, yes, um, uh, and, and speaking of Jay, I had a chance, even though his body was ravaged with cancer, I had a chance to do a demo for him a couple of times uh, before he passed and uh, <laughs> his eyes just lit up and uh now I better just leave it at that before I start crying. But uh, um, yeah, to your point, nationwide, um, and, and as you well know, we have a couple of national carriers and three or four permit services that are now, um, um, I wouldn't even call it testing. They're actually using our ProMiles permit manager on the industry side. And that national map you spoke of, the vertical clearances, the temporary permanent restrictions, and the the, the posted bridges and, and such, uh, or weights, um, it's like a Christmas tree, our national map. We'll have to show it sometime on the podcast. And we do get excited every couple of weeks when uh, uh, Brandy and Amber and their teams uh, continue to put more of those national restrictions in. Um, the idea of like you said, putting in an origin on the East Coast and a destination on the West Coast and having one interactive map to see where all your your height problems are and your 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 restrictions and your width restrictions. Um, it's just been um, 
frustrating at times, but but also <laughs> mostly very amazing uh, to see that come to fruition. And uh, I can't wait for more of the industry to uh, climb on board and and test that and and see that it's it's a it's a dream come true. And it only happened. It's only happening because of Pro Miles and a couple of our competitors and those state officials pushing through with the single state automation over the last uh, 20, 30 years. Yeah, I think it's been really cool. And I think, uh, you know, Pro Miles is always the one thing I always want to make sure that we do is we make a change. You know, this this country needs a lot of changes and it, and it has over the last 30 years. It's changed so much. Uh, from when we first started this thing. But to be able to have that many jurisdictions rely on our routing technology, rely on the bridge analysis, you know, software that ASHTO has that we help develop and support for that, having all these pieces that sync together to make a decision whether or not that truck can actually go over that structure is is amazing. Uh, and, I, you know, you would have thought, well, how else would they have done it, <laughs> you know? Uh, and if people could see great big maps, you know, a dozen of them sitting on a huge table and you're grabbing them, and you're looking at this and you're looking at this area and you're flipping pages through and you're reading all in the in the in the uh, text on the side that everybody updated by hand. And it was it was tremendous work to get a permit issued. Uh, and I'm not saying it's easy to do it now. It's just we've threw technology into it. And I think the more technology uh, that we can bring to this country, the better. And I think it it's people like Jay, you know, like you said, him making the change, him, you know, helping push things and, and getting the industry to start realizing that we've got to start doing things very similar. We've got to start doing things in a way that isn't going to hinder loads being moved, but it's going to help them get moved safer and a hell of a lot faster. And I think we've accomplished a lot of that. So, hey, let's, let's hear a little yeah. bit about Jay uh, yeah. and and what we're going to be, what you guys are going to be talking yeah, about. Yeah, I was today. just about to suggest that because um, uh, knowing, knowing all of Jay's friends and, and uh, co-workers as I do, uh, they're probably listening right now saying, when in the hell are those guys going to get to get to Jay? <laughs> so, so here we are. Um, I had the pleasure to sit down with uh, two of many, many of Jay's uh, close friends and friendly competitors over the years, Gary Buchanan, uh, owner of Buchanan Heavy Hall Nationwide Firm, and Kyle Abbott. Uh, of he, he owns his own Landstar agency now, a very successful one, Spectrum Transportation out of Kentucky. But for many years, Jay, I'm sorry, Kyle, uh, worked directly under Jay at Landstar and was um, many of our point of contact for OSOW and Heavy Hall within Landstar. But uh, Jay um, uh, was a very, very special man. And Lots of emotions um, when we talk about Jay. Obviously, um, uh, he, you know, laughter and fun-loving and the storytelling and such. Um, the incredible knowledge and wisdom that he had. He was a sponge uh, about anything and everything related to trucking and wine, uh, which we talk about in our interview. Never seen a man more knowledgeable about the subject of wine than Jay. Um, but also uh, some sadness, of course, because. Um, as I told you, um, Tony, um, Jay died at the age of 69 earlier this year, but, uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, most of his sixties decade was just spent battling and battling and battling this, this horrific, horrible disease of, of, of cancer. So, you know, the sadness, but, but also anger, because as I shared with you, 
not that we don't accomplish anything before we hit 60, because you and I have yet to hit 60, but uh, um, I, I felt like Jay in particular was just coming into a decade of the 60s where he had established himself as a leader in the trucking industry and especially specialized. And this decade for him was supposed to be about him uh, reaping some of those those final rewards and honors, going through the chairs with Specialized Carriers and Rigging Association, the presidency and the chairman. He missed both of those uh, big honors because of his sickness. Um, I felt like this decade was where he was going to uh, lead not only uh, Bennett Motor Express, whom, whom he went to after Landstar, uh, but he was going to lead the industry as a whole. He was just that kind of a, uh, a special guy. But the, the one thing I wanted to share with you, Tony, about him personally was, and this might remind you of somebody uh, when you look in the mirror, he was one of those few, few bosses and leaders to where it didn't matter whether you were his executive vice president or the custodian cleaning the restroom in the six-story building at Landstar. Person after person after person of Landstar has told me and told others and, and you know, in his obituary and the LinkedIn post that I did uh, that he was a special man that would always stop and spend a few minutes or more, not just exchanging pleasantries, but <laughs> there's stories within Landstar where somebody who had just started their first week or somebody cleaning the toilets on floor number five had a particular issue or concern. And he stopped and listened and analyzed it and then went to HR or went wherever uh, to try to get it rectified. <laughs> uh, and, and Landstar is a big, 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 big corporation. Uh, so th those are just a few of the things that, that, that made Jay, Jay Polidori so special and is why, um, you know, we're honoring him today. Well, Stephen, I, uh, I really didn't get to know Jay that well. Uh, I, I I met him at, at mm -hmm, the conference mm -hmm. uh, once or twice. But the thing we will do, Stephen, is we're going to continue. Even though he's not here, we're going to continue what he started. And we're going to make this nationwide system perfect. And we're going to do it. And we're going to have connections to all these jurisdictions to make sure when things change, we know. And then we will synchronize this. We will finish getting a system together. And what we're going to need is we need the industry to take the system, utilize it, compare it, help us audit what we're being told the correct information is, you know, and validate it. You know, we need as many eyes on this as possible. And I think if we can be successful and get this nationwide routing solution done, getting it where you can auto upload all the jurisdictions directly to the states and simplify this whole process. And at that point, I'm sure Jay will look down and smile really big knowing I, that we helped him yeah. finish the thing he started. And this is going to sound crass because you and I work for a for-profit company and we're talking about a, a product here that obviously is <clears throat> generated to create revenue. But uh, as I said earlier, when I showed this to Jay, Jay joined a industry roundtable group that Dan Wells and a few others do on a weekly basis. And we discuss industry issues uh, for a half hour and then we spend a few minutes um uh, on, on Bible study, but Jay, Jay, when we showed him the demo of the permit manager, and I know I'm being repetitive, but it just meant so much to me. And I know it does to you too, that 
his face, he, he was struggling a little bit talking at the time, but his face just lit up. And those of us that knew his history of fighting for harmonization and more efficiency in specialized transportation, um, that just meant so much to me to see how pleased he was with with what ProMiles has done so far. So thank you for saying that. And uh, yeah, that's good motivation to keep keep rolling with that nationwide permitting system. Yes, sir. Yep. And I'll tell you what, Stephen, I I hope you and and Kyle and, and Mr. Buchanan, I hope you guys, you know, share a lot of great stories that you guys had about Jay. I think uh, there's things that a lot of people out there don't know. So enjoy y'all's talk. Uh, He'll be in our thoughts for a long time. Thank you, Tony. Let's go to our interview with uh, two of Jay's best friends, Gary Buchanan and Kyle Abbott. And as promised, we welcome our special guests, Gary Buchanan and Kyle Abbott to the Trucking with Pro Miles podcast, a special podcast in honor of our good friend, Jay Folidori. Welcome, gentlemen. Uh, Gary, why don't you introduce yourself briefly and uh, share a little bit about uh, how your history went back with Jay. Um, Gary Buchanan. <clears throat> My wife and I own Buchanan Hauling and Rigging. Uh, was a truck driver for about 27 years. Then we started this, and um, right now we have about 600 employees. First met Jay a little over 20 years ago, and uh, Got started to be very good friends with him about 18, 19 years and um, did some traveling with him. Saw him at SCNRA functions and carrier meetings, things of that nature. And probably about the last seven, eight years, we're good friends with uh, his wife, uh, Becky Metland. And we did some social things together and traveled to Florida and visit him. Just a good and- industry friend. And Kyle Abbott, a uh, little bit about yourself, sir, your work history and your your uh, time spent with Jay. Oh, work history, time spent with Jay, work history. Most of my career was with uh, Landstar, where Jay was for quite a while. Uh, spent almost 30 years there. I've transitioned on now. to am owner of Spectrum Transportation, a small trucking agency with Landstar. Um we do some other things as well, but uh, spent a lot of time with Jay. I lived in Jacksonville there with him for 20 years or so, and he was my boss for a significant amount of time and even a friend before that. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together, traveled together a lot, uh, probably the last 10 or 12 years, quite a bit. So that's where we I'm guessing. Uh, spent uh, some time with him and his, his wife as well. We'd have dinner periodically. Yeah, and, and we'll get to some of uh, Linda's comments uh, that she sh- shared with me a few times about you gentlemen and, and otherwise here in just a moment. But I'm guessing most folks uh, tuning in or finding this podcast, this particular podcast, uh, knew Jay in some way, but um, I'm guessing also there may be some that didn't. So we'll take just a minute here and uh, <clears throat> I guess let you all know why we're doing this. Um, it's not too often, I don't think, that um, when somebody passes that uh, folks end up doing a podcast and these types of, uh, of honors. But as you'll hear in uh, this, this 30 minutes or so, uh, Jay Falidori, um was unique. Uh, he was a absolute legend. Um, I can count on about one or two hands, uh, the number of folks in specialized transportation that uh, were really truly uh, leaders that uh, stood out 
and continue to stand out and, and his legacy will live on. And that's part of what we're here to do too, is to, uh, honor Jay. Um, Jay passed away at the age of, uh, 69, a little bit earlier this year. Uh, Jay, um, lived in, uh, Florida. Uh, but prior to that, uh, he grew up, uh, pretty much a Memphis, uh, boy. Um, he, um, spent his childhood, uh, a typical childhood, I guess, uh, playing a lot of sports, uh, pretty good at sports, actually. A um, couple of funny things we learned, and some of you listening that have known Jay for years, you'll probably be surprised to hear this, too. Uh, uh, Jay was in the, the chorus <laughs> in school. Uh, never would have guessed that. Never heard Jay sing in all the years I know him. You, <laughs> you, you guys, maybe we're lucky yeah. not to have. I don't know. Uh, even when we were sipping a cocktail uh, late at night, I'm not sure I ever heard Jay sing. <laughs> Uh, and maybe for the better i i I don't know um a couple of things interesting things learned about jay in his childhood Um, well first i better back up jay uh for those of you that don't know um spent his career in trucking uh several companies we'll talk about uh, all of those in a moment but most notably made his mark at landstar uh, the corporate office there in jacksonville florida and it's kind of an interesting story how he got there we'll we'll uh let Gary tell that one a little bit later. Um, and then uh, late in his career, um, got an offer he couldn't refuse and went to another uh, highly successful, reputable company, uh, Bennett Motor Express, just up the road there in McDonough, Georgia. But in between that, as we'll talk about over the next several minutes, uh, Jay not only was um, just outstanding in his careers with, with Landstar and, and, and then Bennett and the previous trucking companies, but what I want to focus on is the imprint he made on the industry as a whole. Uh, you've heard us talk about harmonization ad nauseum over the years. Uh, Jay Falladori was first and foremost about harmonization, um, totally uh, dedicated to helping the entire industry. And uh, those around him uh, will tell a few stories about um, his interactions with folks at Landstar as we, we go along as well. But uh, I want to start with uh, uh, one of the many things we loved about Jay, and that was um, our dinner times with Jay. Dinner times with Jay were an experience, uh, right, Kyle? I mean, yes, it, it, it's, it wasn't like just going out to dinner with a couple of friends. When you went out to dinner with Jay Falladori, he assumed control of the table. He took over the wine and all. It, it, it was just... Uh, it, it was an experience, wasn't it? It wasn't just dinner. Oh, it, it was an experience. He would take total control and he demanded the premium service that he expected wherever you were at. Uh, usually something was wrong with his meal or whatever. <laughs> usually something was wrong or not up to par and he would point that out. But, uh, you know, I've been plenty of tables, 15, 20 people there to gather together and he was in total control of that. And, uh, for waiters, waitresses, management of the company, they better do it right and better do what he expected because he would let them know if they didn't do it right. And I they don't mean sure that in did. a rude manner, but, you know, he would point out, you you haven't come back to check on me in the last 10 minutes. Why have you not come back to check on me? It's <laughs> as simple as that. But even as his family has said, there, there was always something wrong. And usually with his dinner, <laughs> almost always something wrong. But it, it was in a fun way. It wasn't, I don't want that it to was. sound bad against Jay. It was, it was. It was entertainment almost for the rest of us. 
Yeah. And, 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 and Gary, the conversation, uh, when Jay Falinori was at the table was just nonstop entertaining and interesting, wasn't it? Yes. He, uh, on <clears throat> was a little bit of Tito's there. It really got interesting. And, uh, we had, when he found out that, you know, I spent most of my time as a truck driver and then he would say, you know, we back, you know, he was around in the late seventies that before deregulation. And I didn't realize he was at Eck Miller. And I said, oh, I used to triple East Eck Miller. He says, oh my God, I probably filled out your paperwork. And I said, well, you're probably the one that was slow paying too. <laughs> and uh, we just go back and forth and that's how uh you know i remember him and i just i just always looked up him even though he was younger than i am the guy was so smart about uh, everything all the laws and the regulations and things that i would just sit back and chuckle here i am a truck driver and i can get your load from point a to point b but uh just as smart and about everything, whether it be permitting and international transportation, um, uses of equipment, proper utilization of equipment, recruiting, uh, discussing the owner operators. He was just unbelievable. He was an avid reader, Kyle, and, and a sponge, as you probably knew over the years. You, you tell him something one time and, uh, you know, six months later, he's still regurgitating it. We were joking a little bit earlier about the, you know, the, the taking uh, the, the the dinner table by charge and and the wine. We really haven't talked about the wine, what a wine connoisseur he was. But to back up what a learner he was, uh, Kyle, Linda shared with me that uh, to, to probably not you guys' surprise or anyone listening, he got a couple of wine magazines every week over the years. And she said uh, each week, kind of like I would do with the sporting news when I was growing up or Sports Illustrated. She said he'd just tear it up cover to cover, just 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 absorbing it. Uh, when you were working with him at Landstar, did, did, did that really emanate, Kyle, just how extremely knowledgeable and learned this guy was? Uh, yes, it did. And he kept himself well informed. Even at the higher level, he wanted to understand everything that was going on as far as even as far as the permits and the changes that were going on, when it got to the point to where he wasn't going to all the wash tow and mass tow meetings that I was, I would bring back the documents or email them to him and he would read them all and then talk about it. And then for a while I had to give him a report on what, you, what was different while we went to the trip. We'd have to give him a report when he got back, but that was just so he could stay informed and stay in the loop. And uh, in his previous position there at Landstar, before he moved over to the heavy haul division, he, he was vice president over the trailers at Landstar. And uh, we would sit down and spec out new heavy haul trailers when we were going to buy them. And his knowledge was intense. And if there's anything new, well, the, the manufacturer would come in and explain it to him, show it to him. So he knew what he was talking about when he proposed it. So he'd take the time. I mean, it was a lot of travel, a lot of late hours. You'd see him there on Saturday morning catching up or even through all the material, whatever he had to do to stay in touch with the industry that he was so fond of. Yeah, and the picture were... were attempting to paint here in this podcast amongst many others is uh, just the extraordinary above and beyond uh, that, that Jay yeah. kind of uh, possess these, these talents. And you two know better than anybody. And Gary, I've, I've spent a fair amount of time with you recently. When you're working the trucking industry at the levels of management or, or ownership that, that you all do, um, it's 24-7 just keeping the trucks on the road. And, and, and Gary, that's why I find it all the more extraordinary that 
Jay and in jobs similar to the two of you with all the fires to put out still found time to read and educate himself. Uh, it's just incredible. Where, where do you find the time? Oh, he just, <laughs> he made good use of his time, but he, he was just one of those guys that could read something one time and remember it. He could, he would know what it meant. And, um, but he was, uh, he was the one that sold me on the, the double drop stretch trailers. You know, he said, you're going to find us the most valuable piece of equipment you got. And from utilization cost and drivers and the, you can, you know, haul the most specialized freight and keep those trailers busy. And, and, you know, we, we were talking one day, just in casual conversation. And then I started looking at what we were doing and he's dead on, you know, and uh, talked about different regions of the country, different, um, just different cylinders of business, you know, whether it be construction and, you know, farming, const uh, construction and wind. Um, he was just very knowledgeable in every aspect of that. And I, I struggle to do that. I mean, I can't do it. <laughs> and uh, I just look to people like that that can uh, help me out. We had some fun at the beginning of this podcast talking about uh, Jay at the dinner table. And I don't know why I started there, but that was just some of my best memories with Jay, just uh, breaking bread with him and watching him, uh, you know, control the table as he did. But um, the, the real Jay Falladori comes across. I did a LinkedIn post, as, as I think you guys remember, uh, after Jay passed, just honoring him. And as I was telling Linda the other day, most of my LinkedIn posts get eh, a couple hundred views or impressions, as they call them. If it's something really big, uh, maybe a thousand uh, or so. This particular LinkedIn that I did um, ended up because of so many people responding. And I want to read a couple of their comments to you and get you guys' feedback. Um, almost 7,000 impressions. And what that means in LinkedIn is almost 7,000 people had that fed to them, came across it, paused for several seconds and or clicked open to, you know, read more uh, about Jay and such. But um, in those uh, comments, Kyle, one of the themes over and over and over again, both from Landstar employees, many of whom were, you know, not to be disrespectful, but, you know, Jay was at a pretty high level as you were in corporate uh, but many, many employees within Landstar, some of them maybe at entry-level jobs or at the front desk, as Linda said, uh, they were always bragging on Jay. The words kind and interested in listening to me and helping me resolve my issues. But that kindness and generous, Kyle, just came out over and over and over again, particularly from the thousands of Landstar employees in that office. You you witnessed that every day, didn't you, with Jay? I did. I did. Always had time, uh, even on those busy days. He always had time to talk to someone that needed him or wanted to talk to him. You know, and a lot of times it was about uh, how to advance their career at Landstar or similar. That he would kind of take them on the wing, especially if he saw there was potential there. He would kind of take them on the wing and got them along. But it wasn't all career stuff. I mean, it could be personal issues and other things. Mm -hmm. that, Somebody wanted Jay's advice. He had time to talk to him. Now, now sometimes he's brutally honest, honest too, but that's what you expect. Yep. So, I mean, it was, it was, you get the truth, you get the facts. You actually, you know, a great mentor to a whole lot of people, a whole lot of people. 
Yeah, those comments came through too, uh, uh, yeah. Gary, as I'm <clears throat> kind of flashing through them myself here as I'm uh, uh, talking with you folks. Uh, not only the kindness, but uh, yeah, here's a good one from uh, Dan Rosen. A true professional, kind, fair with all he worked with, but we could always count on Jay for an honest position. Um, he told it like it was, didn't he, Gary? Yeah, he did. He didn't, you know, cut any slack. I mean, it was the way it was. It was honest. It was uh, forthright. It was to the point. And uh, he always had a little humor into it, too. That was kind of the fun part when. You know, I, as I got to know him better, I was always curious of how he, you know, mem grew up in Memphis there. And I said, well, you, you probably went to Tennessee then. No, I said, I went to Arkansas, you know, and I said, you have a good time. Yeah. And he says, uh, uh, Bill Clinton was one of our fraternity brothers. Of course, he's 10 years older than Jay. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he just said, he said, yeah, he said, and he did inhale, he said. So but it just, <laughs> he was just, you know, really good. And I was you know, I was kind of, I knew his dad owned Eck Miller there. And I was always curious, how'd you end up at Landstar? And he, he said, after he left Eck Miller, he was working at Shilly there. And he said it was like middle of January. He was in Chicago making a sales call and got up in the hotel and just colder than heck. And of course, Jay added some good adjectives to it, you know, and he went out and it was cold and wind blowing and snow and click, 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 click car wouldn't start, you know, so he called the contact Landstar had been trying to recruit him. I think it was that Jim Shepard. I'm not sure, but mm -hmm. he says, this job's still open in Jacksonville. I said, yeah, he says, <laughs> hung up the phone and he called Tom Schilling. He says, Tom, I'm giving you two weeks. I'm going to Florida. So <laughs> he got a good education in Arkansas. Yeah, your your story there, which was spot on with the way Linda told it with how Jay ended up in uh, sunny, warm Florida. Um, reminded me as the three of us chatted yesterday of the trucking industry. When you think about the trucking industry, um, oftentimes we think about the drivers and rightly so they're the, they're the heart and soul and all of the time they spend on the road. But in my career, not in trucking, but all around trucking, watching you all, um, it's not just the drivers. It's, it's guys right up the ladder at you guys' level. The travel is just fierce. Uh, that, that you guys have to put in, taking care of customers, checking on loads, those types of things. Um, get, give our listeners, especially those who are just tuning in to, to hear about Jay, but maybe don't know uh, as much about the trucking industry, give our listeners, Kyle and Gary, uh, a little bit of flavor of just how much travel is involved uh, for you folks, even at the management level and the, and the sacrifice your families make because of that. There's, there's a lot more travel than people would imagine, especially at the higher levels like Jay's positions normally were. He was gone a lot. And that was, you're out of, you know, you're at the rush hour early, early Monday morning, and you're getting back Friday night, six, seven o'clock. And then next week you do it again. And that would go on and on for weeks. And you get a break every now and then, but that was week after week after week. You're out visiting customers, in our case, helping agents to grow their business, uh, looking at loads, cleaning up messes, going to SCRA events, which was the bright spot in it and other conventions as well. But a lot of work involved, a lot of travel, a lot of time, a lot of late nights. It's not glamorous as, as Gary will pertain and Steve can as well. Your early mornings, late nights, 
while you're gone. You're not just smoozing it up. Now, is there a golf game every now and then? There sure is. <laughs> there is, and that's okay. Jay definitely enjoyed that. But it's it's a lot more to it. It's pretty gruesome. Uh, takes a good family to make that happen. Similar to what Gary can attest to as a truck driver, it takes a strong family to stay strong through that. And Linda and Jay. And speaking work. of yeah, speaking of strong family, Gary. Uh, you know, Becky Buchanan, uh, in my opinion, the backbone of your company, <laughs> your family. But uh, uh, reminisce a little bit, Gary and uh, Kyle, about uh, Linda. I, 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 I kind of knew this, but uh, again, hearing hearing the other day uh, the description of the travel, um, you know, the, the Linda Faladori's out there uh, of this world um, are just incredible. Um, keeping the family together and keeping everybody happy and moving forward. Reflect on Linda a little bit too, Gary. Well, the thing is, like, I got to know her pretty well about eight, seven, eight years ago. And Becky and I, we started doing things socially. But the one thing back to uh, Jay, his big pet peeve was there's no direct flights out of Jacksonville to anywhere. <laughs> you know, you got to go through Atlanta. And he's, God, he said, you know, because I, I said, you, you know, you ought to be flying on the Landstar jet. And it was kind of a private joke between us, but yeah, Linda, I mean, Jay, you know, you take off to these things and you go like the SCRA and see him at things. And then when uh, we went to those board meetings in Hawaii, there in Maui, what was that like in 16 or 15? I was in the Dallas, Becky and I flew out of Fort Wayne to Dallas and Jay come in from Atlanta or Jacksonville through Atlanta. I said, where's Linda, you know, and, and uh, he, he says, well, she can't come. And I said, what do you mean she can't come? You need to borrow a credit card or what, bud? And he gave me a stack. Now he said, Landstar has a policy that no, can't take your wife. And I said, what? And I said, come on, man. And uh, give him a lot of static, but no, she couldn't go just because of their policy. And uh, anyway, it, it, that's kind of the way of, of working for a big company. Now that changed when he left Landstar and went to Bennett, but. It's, I mean, you're going to carrier meetings, you know, whether it's automotive or, you know, construction meetings, everybody's got theirs. Then there's conferences, then there's power gen, brake bulk. Um, it, it, it was a big show in Vegas. I can't name, I can't think of right now, every three years. And it's just, you're gone all the time. And, um, you know, you don't eat regularly, you don't sleep right, you're not in the same bed. So it does wear on you. It's, it's, Probably a little more glamorous than being a truck driver, but it it wears on you. You know, it affects your health. Yeah, my perception, Kyle, of of the Linda Faladores of this world, and 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 your Angie and Becky uh, for Gary, just the strength. The strength comes through. Um, <clears throat> somebody with the um, pressures that you guys have in your business and the travels, um, having somebody at home and your partner by your side. Uh, is so important to have somebody that's strong. And that's, that's, that's the word that always comes to my mind when I think about my times around Linda at, at the conferences, particularly the later conferences when, when Jay was ill. She was just a pillar of strength and class and dignity and still is. Yeah, they take care of everything. They're strong individuals. They have to be. They're taking care of everything at home while while we were out traveling, while Jay was out traveling. Linda's taking care of everything at home, keeping it together. Uh, understanding when he gets home after a long week that he's tired and carried on, and she gets him ready and props him up to start again next week. I mean, that's you know that's what Amen. it was. And she's always there. 
always there. You know, and you struggle on the road sometime and you make that phone call, that's your rock you can depend on. That's that person. Perfect example of that was when uh, after COVID, when the, we had the meetings there in Birmingham, there was a long connection in those in that hotel. And Becky and I and Paul DeLong, we come around one corner and here's Linda coming, pushing Jay. Yeah, he couldn't walk and he was in kind of that walker type thing you could ride on and pushing her. And I said, Linda, will you let us push? So I pushed a little bit and then uh, and then Paul pushed, you know, and then Becky went and saw the hotel and got us a, a wheelchair. And uh, funny story there is Linda was walking around and Paul was pushing and pushed around for a couple of hours. And he said, damn, this thing pushes hard, you know, and then when we looked down and the brakes were on. <laughs> was that thing? It was just, oh, Knowing Jay, he might have known that too. Uh, yeah, well, it could have been, yeah. <laughs> just messing <laughs> with you all. Couple of smart truck drivers. I said, hey, we got you here, bud. Before we get back into trucking, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, Jay's beloved uh, kids, uh, grown kids, uh, Jason and Lindsay. Um, and I was reminded, you know, just thinking about Linda, you know, taking care of the family and all, and plus her full time job. But uh, Jay's eyes would just absolutely light up, wouldn't they? Uh, when he was talking about uh, Jason and, and Lindsay, I. I, I can't count the number of times uh, I remember him uh, talking about Jason and working for the PGA and, of course, Jay's love of golf. But uh, his children were very, very special to them. Were they not, Gary? Yes, they were. They were very close. And yeah. Just, uh, I know his grandkids. And it just, there was never a conversation that there wasn't discussion of kids and grandkids. Uh, yeah whether you're talking about work or anything. No, it's, uh, he was a little bit irked that Jason didn't like golf, but, you know, he <laughs> got his own. Yeah. Linda, Linda said that, uh, he'd get on Jason sometimes, uh, Jason, by the way, um, is a brilliant videographer and does some big time national sports types of, of videos and, and work and such. And for many years did that at a very high level for the PGA tour. And I guess uh, Jay would get on him a little bit that uh, you got access to all these most beautiful courses in the world and uh, you won't play them. Uh, let me play them. But uh, Jay did play some golf. Um, I think, I think all three of us uh, at the uh, funeral, Went to the Sawgrass, Jay's beloved local course there, very famous PGA course. And uh, I'll let you tell the story, Kyle. What, what did we What did we see on the wall there at the Sawgrass oh. National Country Club? Jay's name on the wall on the plaque where he had a hole in one. I don't remember which hole it was, but he had a hole in one, and he was proud of that. He also had that on the wall in his office. So, memory of that. So. Yes. So for those of you that don't follow golf, this is a big time professional course. These, these aren't little hundred yard par threes or anything of that nature. And on the sawgrass walls, uh, they had a plaque for each hole. And I was shocked to see how few people have even gotten a hole in one at this very prestigious course. But, but the most striking thing about the 10 or 12 names that I saw for Jay's hole in one was the name Phil Mickelson, a couple of names below that, Gary. Um, uh, talk about the importance of uh, a golf in Jay's life. Oh, he just, I think it was his, uh, 
probably second or third love after family and God. Uh, he enjoyed it. It's a, it's a great place to socialize. It's a great ba place to build long lasting relationships. And he enjoyed it. Um, something he could do even uh, all throughout his career. And he just loved the beautiful courses and he loved the outdoors. So I want to close by celebrating uh, what I really wanted to celebrate about Jay's professional career. And that's what I selfishly got to witness on an industry-wide level and an association level. And I know you guys saw it too, but uh, as great as he was at Landstar and Bennett and the, the earlier trucking companies and, and such, I thought what really set Jay off um, and, and distinguished him was the the respect and the name recognition that he built up in in not too many years uh, once he hit the you know the national association level but um, um, Kyle um, you probably spent more time with him than any of us at these conferences give our give our viewers a little bit of insight about the way Jay Falladori could uh, command a room within a conference we've got state officials up on the stage saying what they say about their policies. We got industry officials in the audience sometimes, you know, bickering back and forth. But um, as I said to you guys the other day, when Jay Falladori uh, stood to speak, it was like E.F. Hutton was about to speak, wasn't it? It was. Uh, kind of, you know, commanded that room, kind of like he commanded the dinner table. And they, everybody respected him, appreciated his opinion uh, because he was rock solid there. But if he had, had his opinion, facts. Had his facts. He had if, if if he had an opinion on it, or if he thought someone was going the wrong directions, or had a little miscue there, or he didn't think that was going the right way, he'd stand up and ask his question and make his point known, and try to steer it back going the right direction. A lot of that on the harmonization. You know, if there was a state that wasn't up to par or getting the harmonization done, Jay would politely let them know about it, and he would also make suggestions for other things. You know, when I was with him in SCRA meetings and he was my boss, we didn't miss a meeting. There was no goofing off. We were in every meeting. There was a, you went to every Despite meeting. Despite some late nights, right? Yeah. Despite <laughs> some late nights. Yeah. Yes. We had a few late nights too. Just Jay Falladori was always the first one to the meeting in the morning. Well, you know, we always, when we traveled, you had to have breakfast with Jay every morning at seven before the meetings would start. So you could talk about the day. And if we had to split up to go to different meetings, who was going where, and we had to talk about it, but. There were several occasions where there were some pretty late nights and maybe too much wine or, or Tito's or something else that went on. And during my, some of my, one of my rookie experiences, I thought, well, second or third day there, I said, nah, Jay's not going to be done at seven o'clock. So I drug in about seven fifteen or seven twenty, And there he was like, where you been? <laughs> where you been? So, uh, but uh, one little, one other thing to add though, uh, near later on in his career, when his health wasn't so good, we were at SCRA meeting in Charlotte. And he was in a wheelchair and I was sitting behind him in the chairs and he wanted to make some comments, but he wouldn't do them sitting down. He wanted to stand up. So I held the chair behind him and he was going to stand up and ask his questions. And he, and he turns his head around and looks at me and says, don't you let that wheelchair slide out from under me when I get up or sit down. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. But the, the deal was he was dedicated enough, committed enough. He wasn't going to do that. It's going to be like always. I'm going to stand up and make my point yeah. and, and speak my concerns and admire him for that. Even when he, even yeah. when he know he didn't feel like it, he did it anyway. 
Yeah, that gets me a little emotional hearing you tell that story because I, I can I can all but but visualize that, that that was Jay wanting to be professional and dignified, uh, even even when uh, you know cancer was just ravaging uh, his body there at the end, and yes. um, <clears throat> that, that's a special story too, Kyle, because I wanted to share with both of you my my th- memories of what Jay and Linda and others told me about the two of you, and it's one of the reasons uh, it was an easy you know, pick to select you guys. Um, Jay thought, Jay, Jay thought so highly of you, Kyle. He saw so much potential in you and wanted to mentor you and saw so much promise. And, and, uh, I, I think it was darn near a, a father son relationship, although stern at times he was your boss and, and you never forgot that. But, uh, the fact that even after he left Landstar and went to Bennett, um, you two still having that, that, uh, relationship, I think, uh, speaks volumes as to the the special bond uh, between the two of you. Uh, uh, probably one of the most influential people in your your entire life, Kyle. Yeah, definitely career-wise. Yeah. Ranks yeah. up there with dear old dad. I mean, he was, he was a good man to me. I was living away from my family. He took me under his wing. He taught me how to do the uh, work, the corporate political world a little bit so you could, you know, make your advancements and how to communicate with people, but always there, rock solid, give you the advice you needed. You know, we, we would have some stern discussions. We would argue back and forth sometimes privately. And he told me, he said, you know, you can say anything you want to me. You can even cuss me if you want, as long as you end it and serve. And it was kind of stuck with me for a long time. <laughs> never went that, never went that way, but uh, it was, it was a good experience. A really good man to me. Uh, it took me a long way, took me with him. We stayed pretty close even after he left Landstar and went to Bennett, which was kind of a shock, but, um, yeah. we, we, we hung out together at SCRM meetings always did from there on, you know, he after never he forgot got a little his older friends and his health got issues. I, I felt the need to help him get around and, you know, help him get what he needed to do and always offer my help, but Amen. Real, really good man. You know, to Steve, me. Really good man to me. the one word that, the one word that keeps coming to mind to me and talking about Jay was class. Everything, you know, he, uh, you know, dressed impeccably, uh, you oh, know, like yeah. good food, fine wine. It just, and he was so, so smart, so uh, well-versed on so many different things in transportation. And it's just, and I always was a joy to be around him, even for the, you know, especially the social things. I mean, I just bust up laughing, thinking about him, you know, and we heal up in a day or two, but I mean, he just... And the thing was too is we're all fierce competitors. We're we're you know just work our butts off to to beat the other one. But when it comes to best practices, he was the first to share the idea, and uh, I'll forever be grateful for what that, that's what he taught me. You know, I'm, I was older than he was, and but he had that experience and that level of the transportation that, that, that I never had, and I looked for him for advice and. Uh, and I remember Becky and I having dinner with him and um, McDonough George there when he was at bet. We went to a country club where they went, went to, and um, it's just, we were, we're just talking about life in general, different things, politics and things. And it's just, and Becky, I, Becky's a hard person to win over, but Jay was one of her favorites. And, you know, along with Linda, I think that's just what uh, uh, made me like him so much. 
and vice versa. As I shared with Kyle earlier, I'll share with you, uh, y- you had a very special part, a place in uh, Jay and Jay's heart. Um, and especially so, Gary, you guys were friends for, for several years, but the last couple of years when Jay, you know, really had his struggles, um, I know I've heard from Linda and others that that's when you and Becky just really shone through as, as angels for them. And even in the end, when uh, Jay was really struggling just from a cognitive standpoint, the phone would ring. And uh, uh, when, when he noticed that uh, it was you calling, um, his face would just light up, Linda said. So uh, very special people, you and, you and Becky and, and Kyle, you and Angie. Um, good friends and reciprocity. Let me just close up on the association thing by sharing that um, Jay was one of those people, and it wasn't just specialized carriers and rigging association. Any organization he got involved with, Ashto, for example, the 50-state DOT association, um, leaders and smart people, articulate people like Jay, just quickly rise to the top. And I remember when they were forming an industry advisory group for all the Ashto organization, and uh, it was Randy Braden and one or two others putting that together, staffers, uh, Chris Smith. Um, it started with Jay Falladori. And we had that group. And I think both of you might have been involved in that uh, at various times. But it was always clear, wasn't it, Kyle, when we were in a, a, a room and a setting and we were negotiating or, or discussing, Jay Falladori was our leader, right? He just had that intangible intangible quality. Yeah. No matter what he was um, involved in, it didn't really matter. Yeah. One last thing about SCNRA, and this is, this is my little uh, special moment about uh, the character of Jay Falladori. Um, he went through the chairs. And as you guys both know, when you go through the chairs, um, you know, you're chairman of the transportation governing group, you're on, you're on the board of directors. And then you go through, secretary, vice president, president, and chairman. And as both of you know, that's a big, big deal. And SCNRA really plays that up as well they should. And when you become president and then chairman, your family is invited to the annual conference. It's kind of like the Oscars, specialized transportation. And the family is there and we really celebrate, you know, the next leader uh, of SCNRA. And I'm probably going to ask you to comment on this, Gary, because I'm going to get choked up. But Jay Falladori never got to go through any of that. Um, he uh, he became president and chairman and all those wonderful honors that come with that and, and the, the recognition and such. Jay didn't get to participate in, in any of those honors because of his, uh, his uh, illness. But every time I spoke with Jay about that, there was never... Uh, a sign of, you know, remorse or feeling sorry for himself. Um, I learned a lot, Gary, watching, watching a man go through that. Yeah. I think, I think Steve, it's, I mean, it is something to be, um, you know, so proud of. And I think that once a person's up there, you're giving your acceptance speech, you're probably talking a little bit about yourself and a little bit, a little bit about your family and your background. And I think in God's people, everybody in that room knew how strong Jay Falladori was. Nobody had to tell anybody. Um, 
you know, we knew uh, that man added so much that uh, just a just an icon. I mean, you can't say enough about it. And you know, the thing I enjoyed about just being his friend and being around him, there was never a dull moment. There was, I mean, serious things. He was so smart in that, but. You know, you could cut up. There were sports, um, music. You know, we talk about education, alcohol, wine. I mean, I learned more about wine mm-hmm. having dinner with he and Linda out there in California on the, on the ocean. I think, man, God, man, I, I thought I was with a rock star out there. He, he just, this is from Italy, this and that. You know, so, whoa, 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 I'm a truck driver. Let's slow up here a little bit. But, uh, it's just a, a class act. That's, that's all I can say. One final comment about Jay, and uh, um, for those of you who know me, I'm I'm certainly no saint, and I'm I'm no uh, leading Christian man, but I, I, I I'm trying to be. And uh, we have a, a weekly group, and uh, uh, we we talk our industry issues, and then we do a little Bible study. And I was reminiscing with Linda the other day about that, and I didn't know uh, Jay's history, and. Uh, she shared with me, as you guys probably know, <coughs> excuse me, he was raised a, a Presbyterian and uh, like a lot of us kind of falled away, fell away for several years. And Linda told the story that uh, for many, many, many Sundays, uh, she, she'd go to church, she and the kids would go to church and Jay would go what? Golf, <laughs> of course. And around about the time they got to Jacksonville or a little bit later, Jay on his own started going to Catholic classes. And before it was all said and done, Linda said he became the leader of that family spiritually. Um, and, uh, he was the rock and, uh, without getting too sappy, uh, I guess I just asked you both to comment on, uh, on Jay's spiritual life and such, and, uh, how it really kind of rounded him into the, the final great man he was Gary. I, you know, I was early on, we talked a little, lot about religion and, you know, with his Italian last name, I just figured he was Catholic. And now he says I was uh, Presbyterian there in Memphis. And, <laughs> and his, his dad and mom had been divorced and that. And uh, then he, uh, Linda comes from a great Catholic family there, with a lot of brothers and sisters. And yeah, I, I knew it. He told me, he said, I made some mistakes, you know, not enough time in church and more time on the golf course on Sundays, but then you realize what things are important. And uh, I was very happy, Steve, when we got him to uh, join us, probably those six, eight Bible, um, on our Bible study on Wednesday, we got him to talk and then, you know, come in and join us. And, Mm. you know, then his health didn't allow that, but, you know, he, you know, he knew that God and Christ were there and, um, uh, yeah, it was, but it was a true joy having him there and, and just listening to that. And, uh, very strong faith. Kyle, I'll give you last word because uh, I think you probably spent as much time with this man as anybody over the years, starting with, with corporate there as Landstar. Uh, just your final reflections on our, our, our wonderful friend, Jay Falidori. Never knew he was a Presbyterian. <laughs> Never knew that part. <laughs> Kind of always assumed because of the name, he wasn't, you know, he was Catholic, Catholic and that's, yeah, that's yeah. when I knew him, he was. So, uh, yeah. a good man, showed it. Uh, he went to Mass, he did the parts, you know, he needed to do. I'm sure he 
led his family just like he led everything else about their faith and their religion, you know, and you were talking a little earlier about how he missed out on some of that chairman stuff and some of the other stuff. Well, I don't, I don't think that matters to him now at all. I don't think it mattered to him then. There was a bigger picture out there, you know, uh, never, you know, other than an occasional waiter, never a crossword with the (laughs) good man trusting to, to, took care of everyone or try to take care of everyone. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, just a good man, uh, devoted to his family, devoted to his church. Not much more you can say than that. Never did way, way more for me than, than I ever could have asked for or dreamed, you know, was well was said. There, Amen. Was rock and we miss him. Uh, I don't, where he's at now, we'll I don't never. think he misses us too much. But you know, <laughs> so. Amen to that. We'll, we'll never forget him and his no. legacy in this industry, the harmonization victories that SCNRA got. Uh, most of them have his his stamp on them. And, you know, you mentioned good man. Good men surround themselves with good men. And Kyle Abbott, you and Angie and Gary, you and Becky, uh, you're great people too. And that's why Jay surrounded himself with you and spent so much time and I thank you both for your time, for your reflections on uh, a man that uh, we'll always love, Jay Polidori. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you.